This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorville, Sydney's northern beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Uh, check out the brewery at Monavale or check out the one in Newcastle. Life's better with a cold Modus in your hand. Another awesome round of shoot shield action. We're seeing some teams show some consistent form. The table's looking a little sturdier too, so lots of talk about that. Uh, I've also got plenty to talk about uh, on the domestic rugby front. Waratahs looking fantastic. Talk through all the action. We've got Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round eight review. Joining me on the line again, and as always, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport, host of Clubland, and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Swainy, how are you, mate? Really well, Birdo. It was another interesting week of Shoot Shield. We probably um, didn't see the really, really close results that we've been used to over the last couple of weeks, and shocking results. But there were still a couple of uh, a couple of eyebrow raises. Put it that way. There certainly were, and plenty happening in Super Rugby, which we'll touch on in a moment. Mark Cashman's also on the line. Casho, having a a good weekend last weekend, mate? Yeah, despite the rain. So, uh, yeah, some interesting results. And listen, that table, that shoot shield table, just becomes tighter and tighter. I think there's uh, there's three or four points between one and five. So it's, uh, it's, mm. it's a great situation to be in, really, for the competition. Yeah, great for the comp. How was your reunion, mate? Did you uh, get stuck into a couple of beers pre the the Norths game? Well, you know, we saved several problems of the world. You know, we yep. we made some predictions about the um, election day, about the uh, the election, and uh, you know, had some very nice burgers at the Greens. So all in all, uh, uh, ticked a box and uh, got the uh, got the taxi home. Very good. Very good. Swainy, mate, it's all happening in Super Rugby. Let's not beat around the bush. What about those Waratahs, mate? They're going well, aren't they? And that win over um, in Dunedin last week snapped a really long hoodoo. They haven't won in New Zealand for a long time. 5,000 days. 5,000 days. Plus, there you go. I saw Maloney tweet it. Couldn't believe it. Br- brilliant. And uh, and they did it pretty co- convincingly in the end too, comfortably. Mm. Um, you know, they've just got a really good balance at the moment, they've got guys up front who are really, you know, punching holes uh, for them. And then, you know, the, it's it's hard to explain. Like, it doesn't feel like there's any real superstars there for them, apart from mm-hmm. the obvious, Michael Hooper. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them, you know, they're just a really well-gelled team at the moment. And Darren Coleman has done such a good job, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting them together. And, and, you know, it feels like a bunch of tradesmen just doing a really good job at the moment. Well, it has been because it. I mean, Hooper had a great game of the weekend, but it was his first big game of the year. He'd been on mat leave before that, and was certainly working his way through fitness. So it's not like, you know, you say they've got that star power, but maybe a few stars are emerging. They just look like um, a stronger outfit. They're really, really building, and you know, they uh, threw in uh, Langy Gleeson on the weekend. He didn't miss a beat, Casho. Certainly not. He carries the ball really well, and uh, it, it was it was a win that they did without uh, who, the guy who I think is probably one of their best players, 
Jed Holloway mm. uh, being on being on the field, but uh, you know there's certainly a lot of depth in, on on that bench now, and uh, uh, you know despite a uh, Paddy Ryan copying another card, poor bugger, yeah, uh, yeah, it uh, they managed to uh, sort of work their way through there, but uh, Marky Marks, uh, you know, doing some nice things there, and they're just uh, they're just uh, they're just that year older, aren't they? And um, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're trying a few things, so it's uh, it's it's great to see. Yeah, no, they're going really, really, really well. And um, you know, obviously, got an eye on the finals that the potential uh, quarterfinal uh, clash looming with the Brumbies, but they got to get through the Blues this weekend. I made a mistake last week. I thought they were at home to the Blues this weekend, but I did forget about their trip to the Highlanders. Just quickly, I want to touch on because we've talked about it in. Um, shoot cards previously for the shoot shield around red cards and I guess a, a dangerous tackle like that one on the weekend Sweeney you can see why World Rugby have maybe kiboshed the 20 minute ruling. Yeah that's right and, and this is this is where it becomes you know an interesting discussion point around you know you've heard um, guys like Dan McKellar speak about maybe an orange card where if it's not foul play if it's mm. a second yellow card or yeah um, you know, or if it's not, if it's not um, deliberate, if it's just careless, um, where you know you could get away with the twenty-minute red card thing, yeah. but if it's a deliberate, um, dangerous action like we saw on the weekend with Sam Gilbert, it was a bad one. Uh, he's been suspended for five weeks. We just heard yeah. from um, Sanzar just then. Um, yeah. Suspended for five weeks. That is straight red and um, can be no bones about it and you you struggle to um, justify letting them play with 15 men going forward in that game anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting discussion point. Um, but, I mean, you don't want to make the game more complicated than it is, um, you know, and introduce a different coloured card again. But it's the type of uh, discussion point that's quite interesting, I think. The other discussion point about it at the moment is, and I think Wayne Smith in the City Morning Herald brought brought this up uh, uh, this afternoon about the uh, the responsibility of the ball carrier at, at, about um, you know uh, having head contact. So it's it's another interesting thing. It's probably probably complicating what should be a simple part of the game, but uh, it's uh, it's one certainly worth uh, worth considering uh, in 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 coming weeks. Mm, the Paddy Ryan yellow card was also interesting because he was coming in for a clean-up, maybe a little bit recklessly, but then, you know, the Highlanders players dropped his head to make it a head-on-head contact. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you're right, Swaney. There's just going to need to be variations of the law. But then again, that comes back to the product. We can't slow down every incident and try and rule a yellow or a red. It, I guess it makes it confusing. But, um, yeah, lots to ponder. Um, would you say, Swaney, oh, this is just my gut. I just feel with the Reds injuries at the moment, Maybe the Waratahs are starting to loom up on the, the the back sort of trail of the Brumbies at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that the you know, and I, I I hate to say it, but I think the Reds are going to really struggle in the next couple of weeks. No James mm. O'Connor now. Yeah. Liam Wright's been out for the season. No Taniella Tupo. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like losing James O'Connor was massive for them. Like they, they they just seem rudderless without him. So, yeah. uh, and and that's with all due respect to. Lawson Crichton, who's been taking the 10 jersey for them. And I know Tate McDermott's come out and said that, you know, we need to be better for him, um, which is understandable. But uh, fact of the matter is James O'Connor has been the guy who has been their best player over the last 
you know, 18 months. Um, without him, I don't think they can uh, make a dent in the finals. But we'll, we'll just see. You know, they, they've proven me wrong before. Would it, would it be completely fanciful for me to think that Tane Edmund wouldn't be that far away from a Wallabies call-up casher? Well, listen, I think... Uh, the injuries, I'm saying, mainly. You know, well, if O'Connor's out, Lolaseo is probably the next guy up. But I think it's a position now, 10 and 15, looking a little bit skinny. Yeah, it, it is a wee, wee bit. And, um, you know, Will Harrison, obviously, uh, on, on the sideline and, and probably not going to be have any sort of physical activity for probably the best part of the next 12 months as he mm. as he rehabs his first his patella yeah. and then he's got to go in and uh, have mm. the uh, you know the the knee reconstruction mm. so it's a, double, yeah. a real real hard road ahead for him so mm. he's he's been in those sort of conversations but uh, listen you know you 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 could uh, you could you could do worse than uh, you know have uh, Tane Edmed uh, as, as 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 part of a Wallaby group. I think uh, you know I'm 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 just a bit uh, you know he's he's the sort of guy very very good head on his shoulders, but uh, I, I just wouldn't want him to be thrown out there and mm. uh, you know get him on you know back back on his heels for mm. uh, the, the next eighteen months or so. It's probably Perhaps. a bit, bit fresh and a bit excitable, but I think what you may be going to say this one is the new side this year that might be an opportunity. Yeah, well, I was going to say perhaps Australia A. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, with the with the uh, announcement that Australia A are going to participate in the Pacific Nations Cup, I think that's a brilliant opportunity. And yeah. in fact, you know what? If if we're talking, you know, two years earlier. Uh, Australia A gets brought in. Maybe that's somewhere where Noah Lovaceo goes and cuts his teeth as well, instead of having to play against the All Blacks in every Test match that he plays. You know, yeah. Um, I think that that could be a brilliant uh, development stepping stone for someone like Tane Edmed. Yep. And then you bring him into Test match rugby. You know, the following year or the year after that, and uh, build him towards twenty twenty seven. And he's had a really good grounding in club football, Super Rugby. Um, international rugby, but at a at a lower level, and then you bring him into full Test match rugby. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really important step. So, and they've been trying to obviously nail down those levels in between club, Super, and Test footy, and there's just another sort of uh, uh, a level there that would would maybe really serve some of our players well. Some guys to get some some great experience. It's going to be an interesting sort of period, July for the Shoot Shield because. There's going to be a big player drain, you know, given the high representation of the Waratahs already in the Wallaby camp with Australia A, um, you know, it's going to be funny sort of how the players fall for some of these sides. Kasha, you sort of uh, cast a bit of an eye on who might the big winners be post-Super Rugby and uh, there were some interesting takeaways there. Yeah, and uh, this this Australia A side's probably uh, thrown a few of those guys who may have expected to come back and played a bit of club footy to, uh, you know, they're uh, they're headed to the islands for uh, for two or three weeks. So uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, like personally, I think probably the form team in the Shoot Shield at the moment is City University. I've I watched their game uh, on replay uh, just this afternoon, and listen, but but they looked uh, they looked sharp. Uh, you know, a lot of their forward work was good. And, you yeah, know, they're obviously going to get. Uh, Get, get a few of those guys, uh, you know, back in and, uh, you know, that's certainly going to add to their, uh, you know, their, their armoury there. That, and, you know, there's uh, 
there's some good good kids coming through there at uni. Yeah, well, why don't we start there? Uh, it was Ladies' Day at Sydney University, University 45, Southern Districts 12. Uh, it was a good start by South. They scored a try, a really good try uh, to Christian Kagiasa. It was well set up. Um, Kagiasa's getting over the try line like he loves to. Um, I thought Willie Natai played well for them. But to be honest, after that good start, uh, it was all uni. I thought uni, because we, you know, we've talked about uni's atypical type of play. It's probably been a little unfair at times. I thought they're a lot more expansive on the weekend. Might have a little bit to do with some of the uh, backline acquisitions they've got. Louis Holland now at uh, fly half. Swain, he was uh, eye-catching. I thought obviously got plenty of experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the the 15 points personal tally to Will Goddard at fullback. Yep. Angus Bell scored a double. Yep. I really like Angus Bell. I just think he's the type of, uh, the type of player that, um, you know, you, you look to in those moments to do something. And... Mm. Um, and, uh, and and Sydney Uni have, have certainly got the best of him over the, the past few weeks, um, and also just that big physical forward pack that they've got, and yep. and the and the way that they um, utilise and score tries off it, as well as um, just bust holes. They were, they were really really clinical after that first few minutes. The try to Kagiasis, he just yeah. kept scoring. Um, he does. Yeah, it was a, it was a yeah typically clinical performance from Sydney University. That's nice work there from Henry Robinson, the uh, the uni uh, scrum half. He, he he had a very good game, as did uh, Clooney's Ross, who, who made, made a couple of really good breaks in the middle of the field. So, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, South at different times just didn't have any answers for the for, for the speed. And uh, the other guy who thought I, I thought had a huge game, the skipper Jack McCalman. Yeah, McCalman just keeps uh, kept turning up. He's a fantastic player. And- Getting his name on the score sheet plenty of times. Clutis Ross, he'd be entitled to some long service uh, leave soon at uni. He'd be up there, uh, sort of one of the mainstays for the last sort of well, better part of the last five to seven years there, Swaney. Mm. One but, of the, uh, you know, he's one of their one of their best players. He, remember, he, he had is. that bad injury. He nearly yeah, lost his he leg. We had a shocking. I think he got a, a skin condition off a off a bad. I don't know, off the, off the pitch maybe? Yeah, it was off the almost corner lost post. Almost lost his buddy. Those middle sure. corner posts. Staph infection or something? Yeah, nearly lost his leg. Yeah. Um, so I was very lucky to, you know, keep his leg and then, you know, he's come back and he's playing really well for them. He's just, just a class first grader, isn't he? But the, the big thing that with uni is they're the best defensive side in the comp and uh, that along with their set piece, uh, Cash is really laying the foundation, isn't it? Oh yeah, it certainly is. Listen, on on the other side though, I thought Zach Carr had uh, yep. had, had a uh, had a good game in in the centres there for South. Obviously, we mentioned KG Ashes before, and William that I scored a scored a try, but uh, tends to probably uh, give one away at uh, different times as well. Yeah, it's becoming a bit of a tough season for South. Uh, these uh, losses are becoming a little bit more frequent, and. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the the next steps are, but they obviously want to get back to foreshore soon and have a win, but because it, it's becoming becoming problematic for them. Um, Kasha, why don't we head over to North Sydney Oval, mate? Talk us through the action after your lovely reunion, mate. Well, it was it was an interesting afternoon. Uh, North came out of the blocks really, really strongly, and uh, we're actually leading twenty one three at at sort of like half time, and yeah, the, uh, the the game tended to. Uh, you know, uh, stagnate a bit uh, in, in, in the second 40. But uh, 
you know, some some nice work there from uh, from uh, uh, Brady Lieber, who was playing uh, uh, n- number eight. He he couldn't finish last season because he had a uh, knee injury, but he's just uh, he's making uh, every post a winner. Some good work there from uh, Nick Duffy again, who who must be pretty close to the best halfback in the competition. Certainly, his support game is pretty much uh, faultless. A yeah. uh, couple of injury worries out uh, out of that game for uh, for North with uh, with Angus Sinclair coming off with uh, a bit of an ankle problem. So uh, okay. haven't heard exactly how whether he's going to be available for this week. But uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've, uh, they've they've got some options there. But uh, you know they they were trying a few uh, few different combinations throughout that second half. But uh, you know West West were. Uh, uh, Putting the work in, but uh, not getting much, much return. They uh, they they did get one try to their uh, centre, Chris uh, Edling, in the, in that second half. But uh, beyond that, uh, you know, they uh, they couldn't split the Norse defence. Yeah, Brody Lieber was in absolutely everything. I thought he had an outstanding game. Try assist, scoring one himself. Um, just everywhere, pretty sort of polished, as you say. The work was done in the first half. I, I was reading some of the. Uh, Quotes uh, in your write-up after the game. Zach Beer's sort of a little bit disappointed uh, with the second half, but I, I thought some of the defensive work from uh, from Declan Carroll was uh, was pretty good. And John Getty's writing in uh, on Rugby News uh, was talking about the uh, the running game of the uh, Glasgow former Glasgow Warriors pop George Thornton. He had uh, he had a, a storming game, that's for sure. Have we lost Wayne? I'm oh, sorry, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. Oh, okay. about <laughs> I lost everyone there for a moment. That's okay. I'll leave it in. So, uh, George Thornton, uh, Kasha, what's happening, mate? He's he's, he's uh, attracting higher powers. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Getty's wrote on uh, Rugby News today that uh, that uh, some of those Super Rugby franchises are, uh, are having a look there to see if they want to uh, take him down uh, during the off season and, uh, and 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 do some training with them. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, then to like uh, see what happens. He's obviously had had exposure with the Glasgow Warriors up up there in the uh, in uh, the UK. Uh, uh, but he's uh, Scotland qualified. He's he's an English guy, but uh, mm. you know, coming along sort of like uh, very nicely. Uh, James Margan, the, the Norse hooker, continued to have a, a, another big game. He's his carrying game is absolutely enormous. There's, uh, you know, he's, he's he's not your tallest hooker, but uh, listen, he uh, he hits in defence and carries the ball well as well. Very good. Uh, out to uh, TG Milner, where the Woodies uh, down the two Blues, Eastwood twenty nine, two Blues seven. Uh, I thought the Woods pack provided a really strong platform for the backs. It was a tight first half, um, but Woods certainly controlled all the territory and possession. Um, but the two Blues hung in, scored a try themselves. They'll be lamenting a try. They're up 7-5 against the run of play just before half time. Dolores, who had a fantastic game, uh, picked that one away and mm. also saved a try sort of early in that second half to uh, keep Eastwood on top. From there, um, the Woodies just were too strong. But, um, yeah, certainly the two Blues, again, Swain, in a place like Milner, uh, a game you would expect them in the past to, to really not be competitive were competitive. Eastwood scoring well after sort of uh, the 80th minute to, to claim the bonus point. So it wasn't uh, maybe the Eastwood scoreline sort of flattered them a little bit. Yeah, that's right. They really, you know, the two blues bang away, don't they? Like They just keep coming at you and they, they don't give up. Um, 
I, I spoke to Ben Batcher on on Clubland this week, and yep. he said the one thing he was probably most proud of out of that performance was their defence. I mean, there was yep. a few times when they were just camped on their line, and the two Blues put together phase after phase and were coming at them, and the, they just didn't break the Woodies. Um, so that's that's one of the uh, one of the, the hallmarks of their game plan at the moment is they're, they're backing they're backing their defensive line and and you know I think deserved ladder leaders at the moment along with Manly both locked on the same points um, but really yeah the way that they're they're putting their shots on and getting off the line and 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 putting guys to the grass is really impressive at the moment. An interesting uh, thing out, out of this Tubler's side is is the influx of guys from the Sale Sharks who have yeah. uh, who have sort of come in there. There's you know James Harper at tight end prop, Alex Groves at second rower, Ethan Kane and the five eight quite a quite a classy number. Tommy Curtis of all uh, all that out of the Sale Shark system and and they're out here to get uh, to get some game time. You know eight, eight or ten or you know maybe more games. So, so they can head back uh, to the northern hemisphere with, uh, you know, with, uh, with 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 a bit of game time uh, under their belts. So, a lot of these guys haven't played a lot of footy with COVID happening up in the northern hemisphere, obviously worldwide as well. So, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's you know, there's some classy numbers there. Groves is a is uh, is, is a good acquisition, and uh, Curtis uh, is a uh, is a very classy number ten. Yeah, it's not the first time uh, a Shoot Shield club would have fostered relations, uh, you know, with a premier club in the UK. Uh, it's good to see that the, the uh, borders are flowing and players are coming down to their shores because we do love an expat sort of uh, coming down um, and enjoying rugby and a bit of a, a rugby holiday in the Shoot Shield. Uh, maybe that's some of Solossi's uh, old contacts back in his pro days there, Swaney. Yeah, I, I've got no doubt about it. And yep. The, the one thing that's going to, you know, the, the two Blues, I mean, they're pushing, you know, they're pushing all these sides to potentially try and sneak inside uh, a final spot uh, yep. at the back end of the year. You just hope that they can maintain once these guys leave. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some, you know, players coming through, uh, you know, that they're developing in their lower grades to to replace those guys and, and keep the pressure on and keep this momentum that they've managed to build uh, on as well. Yeah, you're 100% right about Solossi's uh, contacts there. The uh, one, one of the assistant coaches at uh, at Sale is uh, Fergus Malchev, and uh, uh, Solossi played with him at uh, London Irish. So that's uh, started the dialogue, and uh, the yep. boys are on the on the plane on the way out and on the field for the two Blues. No, good on them, and you know they'll be really targeting the next few weeks because they're sitting in ninth. They just want to keep pace with the top eight because um, there could be a cluster there. We'll talk about the latter later that uh, maybe you know starting to separate. So there is a little bit of separation happening on the table, a little lower down, and the two blues will want to keep pace. We'll move on to the next game out at Coogee. Ramick uh, having a big wing over the Rats, 34-21. to 21. Um, Good win for Ramick because the Rats have had the wood on them down there in previous seasons. I thought... Ramick really controlled the game well uh, from the get-go. It's funny, sort of for all games across Sydney, some areas, I, I was down at Manly Oval, it was sort of didn't rain at all, and I looked at the Ramick game, it was, it was pissing down. So oh. just goes to show the weather can be quite sporadic at times in, in sort of close areas. But, um, 
Yeah, I just think that Houston's growing every week for Ramick. They seem to be coming into a bit of a rhythm. Um, and they really sort of control the game, particularly in that first half. They're up 25-7 at Oranges. So, um, yeah, it was um, it was a really polished performance from the Wicks, Swaney. Yeah, they played really good wet weather footy, didn't they? They did. Um, ben Starkey playing really good rugby at 10. Um, you know, it was a uh, yeah, pretty polished performance. Our, our man, Chris Yasman, just keeps scoring tries. He was in again this time. I wouldn't yes. call it a runaway try for him. No, it was barged a, over, though. Bit of a barging sort of a try, but good to see. Uh, and yeah, they just, just, uh, just controlled the game really well um, in the wet. It was horrid conditions, wasn't it? Terrible. What about the droppy from Ramick replacement, Kobe Milne? Did you see the drop goal? Oh, no, I can't say I did, actually. Mate. It's early in the second half, straight out to 10, 30 out, absolutely a laser, just just potted it over. Just a beautiful Gavin Hastings-style 70s, 80s droppy, just just a real throwback. Tom Cooligan uh, almost exploded in the box. <laughs> I'll have to go back and have a look. <laughs> well, you, you've got to check that one out. But um, Boys, you've mentioned uh, Christian Yasmin uh, there before. I, I spoke to him late last week and he... He revealed that he's uh, he's in the Lebanon squad for the Rugby League World Cup and uh, uh-huh. coached by a man called uh, Michael Checker, you might remember. I thought you were going to say Mario Fennec for a second. <laughs> <laughs> the Falcon. Maybe he's the assistant, he's the assistant manager. Yeah. But uh, Raddies would be disappointed with that uh, with that one, Casho, but um, certainly still uh, in the middle of the pack. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, Woolett continues to uh, deliver. Connor Hickey, listen, I really like the the way he's going at uh, at fullback. So, yeah. uh, and and they're getting good service off uh, Rhett Butler there. So, uh, Wes Thomas scored, scored scored a couple of tries, but uh, listen, they uh, they just seem to play the game at the wrong end of the field, and that's what Ramick did very well. And you know, they're able to set it, set up those little pods. Not far from the uh, from the try line, and uh, generally work the numbers, and you know got, got the tries. Yeah, you're right. Hickey seems to make a half break uh, every week, and and lays on a try. I, I think. I mean, well, it depends on contracting. All right, but I think they'll be hoping Ben Ma um, might uh, join in. But it might not be the back line where they need some strength. You know, the pack's going pretty well. I, I thought McKill had a good game at breakaway, but um, yeah, I think you know. As we say, there's just not much in the comp, so I'm sure the Raddies can find some form. They'll be they'll be right back in the mix. So we'll move on. Um, well, let's just call them the form team of the competition. Hunter have pinched the chocolates on the bell against Eastern Suburbs at home. Hunter 29, Eastern Suburbs 25. Uh, real seesaw of a match. I think uh, Eastern Suburbs and most of the Hunter crowd there Thought East had got the job done in the 78th minute uh, with, a, with a try to, to the Beasties. But Hunter just would not say die. Scored well after the bell and uh, a very memorable day up in Newcastle, Swaney. Yeah, they uh, the Beasties led like 18-3 or something just after half time, And, you know, the, the Hunter weren't firing yep. a shot. And then yep. um, Phil Bradford, who's the, the hooker uh, for Hunter, scores a try, a pretty good one at that. and. Um, gets over for a double. Um, they score three, you know, three straight tries. And then you're right, that that try that they scored, the Beasties scored in the 78th minute, it, they didn't touch him. They didn't lay a hand on him. No. And uh, you kind of thought that, um, 
you know, they were cooked, the Hunter Wildfire, at that point. But to their credit, they don't say die and they, they fought back and they they were banging away right in front of the post. And then big Tiwati Asu scores the match winner. Um, and then I think uh, on their socials afterwards as well, you'll find that they might have won the boat race as well. So uh, it's a double win. Mate, they've been making their point known to me. I had a mate that's uh, worked up there at the wildfires and he messaged me after the Manly win. Who's going to take it seriously now? So they're far and up up there. They want the respect they're deserving. And look, by all these wins they're getting, uh, they're, uh, they're what, what can you say, Cash? They're encroaching on the top four. It's, it's, uh, the, the one thing that I've taken out of watching them over the past month or so has been the fact that they're, they're coping with the pace of the shoot shield a lot better yep. than, than than they were last year, and uh, you know their their little cameo the year before. So that's the thing that uh, they're, they're coping with a lot better, and they're not bleeding points, you know, in big twenty minute blocks anymore. You know, they're uh, you know they're they're, they're they're just hanging in there, and uh, you know they've uh, they've got a bit of gas themselves. So uh, you know they they obviously know how to win games now, and uh, yeah, they're. Uh, they're, uh, they're finals bound, I think, for sure. Let's be honest, um, Swaney. DC's got the absolute shit Scott Coleman is stealing his thunder. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's oh, no doubt. We'll probably, you'll probably get a text message. You'll probably get a text message here after, after mentioning his name. Yeah. He, mate, Scotty, Scotty Coleman, he did say on Clubland the other day that uh, DC is the second best Coleman. So, yeah. Uh, there you go. D- DC's off you and me too, Cash F, and not having gone to Leichhardt yet. So, uh, yeah, well, we're, we're all firmly in the Scott Coleman camp. Get there so. this Saturday. Get there this Saturday. I'll be in Fiji. But oh, be- no. I know. I stuffed up. I thought it was last week. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, Manly Oval, I was there. Marlins 35, Gordon 29. Absolute seesaw of a match. Anyone that got into the 22 scored a try. Um Manly just showing an ability to win tight games. Uh, the scrum, again, was majorly problematic. Um, but, yeah, I, it's funny. Gordon have gone through a period of losing about five or six really tight games. I had a couple of beers with Billy Melrose, um, a former Marlins coach, obviously, at the club after the game and sort of lamenting how difficult sort of their run had been lately and, and not getting over some tight ones where Manly could sort of celebrate winning their tight ones, but that just sort of sums up the comp. You know, uh, Manly obviously doing a lot of things well. You wouldn't be equal with Eastwood if they weren't. But, um, yeah, I just – it was a funny sort of a game. I, I, I um, At times, Manly looked, looked good and then sort of Gordon came back into it and then sort of nervy final 10 minutes again, Kasha. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you know, I'll, I'll throw a question back at you, Burjo, about uh, – how, how are they coping with uh, with the departure to the MLR of J- uh, James James Cecil Hildebrand? You know that's that's obviously a uh, an area where, where where they need some um, some fortification and uh, for 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 Cecil to get an opportunity over there is absolutely fantastic at San, San Diego. But uh, yeah, yeah, it just uh, probably leaves Manly just a, a wee bit understaffed there. So uh, you know they're uh, they're obviously uh, on the scrum machine Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Well, it was all the talk at the club after the match, certainly, um, that Manly's going great and, you know, full credit, but certainly the conversations in and around players and coaches and, and fans as to how are we going to fix this bloody scrum. So 
I believe there are some reinforcements coming, um, so I'm not sure sort of what that means, but they'll obviously um, have a couple extra fat blokes at some stage in the next few weeks because they uh, certainly need them. Yeah, Cecil's, um, he's taken an opportunity at San Diego, which was obviously disappointing from a club perspective, but you couldn't begrudge James for taking it. You know, he's sort of in that sort of twilight of his career, you'd have to say, and he'd probably agree the same thing. And what a great opportunity. I think he's uh, still working for Paladin, who supplied plenty of merchandise over in the States. And you could see Cecil falling into a, an ambassador role uh, down the track with the with the state securing the World Cup in the future there, Swaney. Well, he is a capped eagle, isn't he? Um, he is. yep. USA eagle, and he's, he's a great character. So yep. why not try and just build a little profile for him over in the uh, on the west coast of uh, of the USA there, and and uh, and hopefully build on that. But yeah, you can't begrudge him. Absolutely not. And no. um, yeah, it was a interesting game from Gordon's perspective. You feel like the bounce of the ball sometimes just doesn't go Gordon's way this year a little bit. Yeah, there's been a few. Okay. There's been a few games this year where you know it's just been if the ball had bounced the other way for him. It'd be a completely different story, and they'd probably win the game. So, you know, I think they're remaining positive there. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know you school, you want to you want to win those close ones, and they're not doing it at the moment. No, now, they're not. Jay, you you would know this. Any sign of Tom Silk at Manly Oval over the weekend in, in a pair of footy boots for Gordon? No, uh, talked to Billy after the game and Harry Fahili, their assistant coach, and. Uh, no, not not available at all at the moment. Not sure on a return date. Obviously, Goddard and Loft were back, which which helped a lot. But um, yeah, it was a good battle in the back row. Uh, Marta Coco had his best game for the club, which is fantastic. The big number eight, and you know, in the absence of uh, Langy Gleeson, you know, Hunter Ward is a very very good back rower, and he's not taken a back step against any uh, back row in the competition. Obviously, having Max Douglas. Um, Silt the Marlins is good. Would obviously love to see Langy at some point, but uh, everyone at Manly believes his club game days are very limited. <laughs> I don't think there'll be too many left uh, down at down at Manly. Maybe the end of this season, and that might be that for him. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's the, the Marlins are certainly a different side with uh, both those couple of Waratahs in there, aren't, aren't they? You know, they're uh, you know they can uh, make make a sniff a try out. That's for sure. Well, the club is you know greatly pleased to see the Waratahs starting side on the weekend, four local juniors. We had three Manly Roos and a Harbord Harlequin starting for the Waratahs in Hooper, Parecki, Lolokai Fichetti and Langy Gleeson who plays the Harlequin. So that was very uh, heartwarming to see and we obviously hope that pipeline continues for New South Wales and indeed Oz Rugby. But, um, yeah, we'd be love always to see those guys maybe get back to the Marlins and help win a comp at some stage of our life would be nice. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll push on here. Um, before we look at the ladder, uh, I've just been um, thinking about the final series, obviously being a top eight. I've got some information today about the final series because a couple of people have asked me what the final series was like. I believe it's like the NRL-style system. So the top four will play off against each other, bottom four will play off, top four winners will go through to a GF choir or qualifier, Losers will go into the second week, so they'll get a second bite of the cherry, where the bottom four will be straight elimination cash out. That's what I hear. Okay, so that, that top four is 1v4 and 2v3, is it? Correct. Yep, yeah, that's what I understand. I think that's a just reward for top four and the fairest way to do it 
if you're going to have a top eight with a top 12, uh, with a 12 team comp, Swaney. Yeah, I mean, you look at Super Rugby and it's straight knockout. And um, that's mental. You know, one plays eight, two plays seven, and, and, and so on. So, yeah, it's, I think this is a nice, uh, a, a fair away, particularly after a really long season. But how does that make sense? So, the Highlanders could make the finals, mm-hmm. having won four games, yep. have an absolute. You know, they could turn it on. They're a great rugby team. Absolutely. And what they win, and they could knock out what top spot? Top spot, which is the Blues. The Blues will finish on oh. top, so we, which could absolutely happen. So, um, yeah, it's – it's oh, look, I mean, I, I guess we're at the point now where it's good just to see a, a, a Super Rugby Pacific, but I reckon they might reassess after – this year and um, and just see what it's what it's been like. But I like the way that the Shoot Shield are doing it this year, even though there is, um, you know, a top eight yep. out of 12 teams, um, it's a fairer way to do it for sure. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. And, um, and, and Berger, the information on the teams from five through to eight is five v eight and then... Six v seven. Six v seven. Yeah. With... Uh, with the, the those games being knockout uh, is that correct? Yeah, that would be correct. Yeah, and the losers of the top four would go through to the week two and play the winners of the you know the bottom bottom four. Anyway, long way to go there. Who will be in the eight? No idea. Um, looking at the table now, it's Eastwood and Manly on split points. Eastwood with a better four and against uh, University point behind and Norse a point behind them. So there's a little bit of a gap to fifth place. From the top four, four points down to Hunter Wildfires, who are having a fantastic run. Ramwick uh, below them with the Ringo, have just played on the weekend at 21 points. Gordon uh, rounding out the eight on 20 points. Two Blues nipping at the heels with East, South and West Harbour. So uh, as we look ahead to this weekend, West Harbour will take on Ramwick. Certainly desperate, the Pirates, to, to get off the bottom um, of the table. East... Even more desperate, given they've got some lofty aspirations and will want to get in that top eight of taking on the Marlins, who uh, will be coming to town really keen to to, to, to win that one. Uh, the Raddies will have the Wildfires, a really spicy affair. Um, wildfires will be sort of looking to impress uh, on another away trip. Uh, Gordon taking on Sydney University. Um, Stags are getting pretty desperate now. Southern District's taking on Eastwood at Foreshore. And two blues taking on North, so lots of very exciting games there this week, Swaney. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's just just gets better, doesn't it? Um, you it know, does. every week, every week, uh, every week we talk about you know what will be the game of the round, and and you know we get it, we get really good games again. I'm, I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to that Gordon Sydney Uni game at, at Chatswood Oval. I reckon that'll be a good watch. Um, and mate, no doubt you'll be sipping your uh, pina coladas in dinner hour watching them on a Saturday afternoon. Well, I will be. I'm just, uh, yeah, I've got the family holiday that's been COVID denied for a couple of years pending uh, this Thursday, pending no other sickness or monkeypox <laughs> or, or flu pandemic. Um, but, yeah, I will be in Fiji. I've just been Googling how to uh, get around the geo block of Stan. Maybe Swaney can send me a, a crypto link or something. <laughs> or I'll just download a dodgy VPN and, you know, um, some some Russian bottle access my files, but yeah, I'm hoping to watch some sort of rugby. Um, Drew are playing on Saturday uh, at Denarau. I'll be on one of the islands. 
might take a trip back, although the wife might look upon that too favourably given it's our second day as a family holiday. So we'll see how we go there. <laughs> so there you go. But, uh, yep, looking forward to it. Cash, are you going to get out there, mate, and watch some footy? Um, yes, certainly. I, I'm actually going to head out to the Eric. I uh, haven't been there since it's reopened. So uh, looking forward to that one, two blues taking on Northern Suburbs. Yes, and if you are getting out to Shoot Shield, make sure you get out to the Waratahs. Fill the hill, um, get the Waratahs home, and hopefully uh, into that finals footy. Thank you, Casho. Thank you, Sweeney. And uh, I'll speak to you guys next week. Always a good weekend. Thanks, guys.